0: The European Patent Office podcasts bring you an insight into, into the technology, technology and innovation shaping the world.
1: Hello everyone, and a warm welcome to Talk Innovation, a podcast from the European Patent Office. I am Edward Cook, a patent examiner at the EPO, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Christoph Hook, Director of Patent Center Touringer. Hi, Christoph, how are you?
0: Hi, Edward, and hi to everybody. Thanks for the opportunity to be here.
1: It's great to have you, Christoph. And we also have in our virtual studio, Mr. Jasper Verhan, a European patent attorney at the law firm Meissner-Bolta. Hi, Jasper. How, how are you?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to have you both. And in today's podcast, we are going to discuss, let's say, let's say the fraught relationship between (laughs) Patlib centers and PAND attorneys. Okay, okay, I'm exaggerating, guys, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. So before we kick off, okay, let's take a step backwards for the sake of our audience and give them a big picture view here of of what we're going to be discussing. So in seriousness, what we're going to be discussing is the Patlib centers and PAND attorneys, are they allies or competitors? Now, I'm 100% sure that our listeners know the role of patent attorneys and how they interact in the IP ecosystem. But what is a PatLib center, people may be asking themselves. In a moment, I, I will invite Christoph to explain what the services his center provides. Just I'll give a, a brief overview of, of PATLIP for our audience. Basically, the Patlib acronym, it stands for Patents library. And and when the network was created in the 1990s, most of us had no internet access at homes, simpler times you could say, and libraries were the main locations for Padlib centres. So that that has of course changed. 40% of Padlib centres are now in universities and the rest are in different locations like chambers of commerce, patent offices, etc. So currently it's a network of 326 centres, they're located all over Europe, Iceland, North Macedonia. You think of a country in Europe and, and you'll find a center there. There's no doubt about that. And the EPO has supported and fostered this network since the beginning. Now, in 2021, the EPO launched the Patlip 2.0 initiative. And this project had the goal of revamping the network in order to cement the role of Patlib centers in supporting Europe's innovators. So... We have an expert here from the Pathlib network, and that is Christoph. And maybe you can now jump in here and give us a little bit of information about the role and services that your
0: center provides. Yes, thanks a lot, Edward, for the nice introduction. We are providing some kind of first-level service. Scientists, single inventors, students, SMEs are coming to us with an idea and ask us how to protect the idea. Then we have to decide which type of idea is it really Is it more a technical idea or is it a creative idea or is it a business method or whatsoever? The second step would be to have a short search. Maybe is it a new idea? Is there any market for it? And we are doing together with the customer a first level search. And if you think it may be worth to protect this idea, it could be technical or it could be something worth to protect then you would recommend to arrange appointment with a patent attorney, maybe with Jasper, um, to do the first type of consultancy services with patent attorney.
1: Okay, so I can imagine Jasper, you're you're sitting there in this virtual studio, you're recoiling in horror, right, in your chair. You're, you're going, oh my goodness, all those years spent studying for the EQE, <laughs> and, and and here is Christoph giving out advice advice to to advantages or, or not or do, or do no you take no the-
2: that's that's actually not the case i mean yeah christoph and i we are inhabitants of the same little ecosystem the ip ecosystem there is no question about it and of course you're right to assume that there are certain fields of activity that strongly overlap of course if you have a single inventor, for example, that comes up with an inventive idea or potentially inventive idea, the first thing this inventor needs is a first advice on how to proceed. And he has two options, basically. One option is to go to the Patlib Center and discuss with Christoph. The second option is to come to me and discuss the whole thing with me. But as Christoph said, what Petlib really offers is the first step into the IP ecosystem for people that are not acquainted with the system. So in my opinion, personally, what Petlib really does is take quite a bit of workload off my shoulders because they really introduce the people properly to the system. They provide them with the first overview of potentially pertinent prior art for the idea, if it's technical at all. So the people that are sent to me by Christoph come well-prepared. It makes my life quite a bit easier with the inventors because I can already build on what Christoph has discussed with them. And in my personal opinion, we should be viewed as a corporation, not as a competition, because we really build upon each other.
1: So could we imagine then that an inventor comes into a potential inventor comes into you, Christoph, and goes, look, I have this idea and it's in this domain, but I don't know what to do. And then what, what do you do with that? Then? Do, you, do you have the services or the ability, the software, for example, to say, okay, I can do a quick search for you? Or that sounds to me like it's in this domain. Is that the kind of thing you do? Maybe I can give you a real example.
0: Yeah, that'd uh, be great. A group of students came to my office and they studied um, mechanical engineering, but they had the idea not to start a technical business, but to sell chin the alcoholic beverage. Typical students. Typical students, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And they decided not to start with a technical, but uh, to start this business, Selling Chin. And we decided maybe they should have a trademark, and we recommended to look for all the legal requirements. And that's then one point. We are doing a search uh, which trademark is already taken and what we could recommend. But afterwards, then we would recommend Nevertheless, to talk with a patent attorney, maybe he has more ideas how to protect this type of business. Yes,
1: yeah, so this seems to, to me to make to make a lot of sense, because you can imagine a student who, or anyone indeed, not a student who doesn't really know and is intimidated maybe by the expression patent attorney. Precisely,
2: and, yeah, attorney. I mean, it's law, it's about legal and illegal. It's probably very costly even to call him. He probably will just bill by the minute. And if you call them, you will have a bill on your table the next day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'd be, I would even be afraid to go into such an office. So, <laughs> yeah, not because of you, Jasper, but just, just in general. So these padlip say, like, Christoph, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They're sort of like a handheld way of getting getting the the backing, you know, to go, yes, now now go to someone like Jasper. And this this then opens the door for for patent attorneys,
2: wouldn't you say then, Jasper, in in that respect? Absolutely. This is exactly the point that that we should understand. As patent attorneys, it opens the door for another circle of clientele that would probably, as you said, usually avoid us and 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 probably back off. And to be honest, I have many startups that approach us after the first couple of years where they have had some success. And many of them were so hesitant to actually seek consultation that they tried to do everything themselves. So they contact us after a couple of years of successful business and then they realize, oh damn, we did not properly file the trademarks. That's the wrong list of goods and services, it doesn't really reflect what we do nowadays. They might have even have tried to file a patent themselves that is then rejected and then they stand there without any protection and without the experience and advice of Christoph and Patlib. I mean, this is the problem. This would not have happened if they had consulted somebody like Christoph before and had looked for guidance. Okay, this network of of Patlib centers, which is vast over over Europe,
1: I mean, if you could think of the power that it would have for, for innovation in Europe. Then that's married to to all the IP yeah. the, the European patent attorneys and the patent, local patent attorneys that one big network if we can view it as that, that that offers you know the the inventors in Europe which we need to invent we need this innovation in Europe a really good, strong basis for, for their inventions so eh, Christopher, what did I understand correctly then that you don't charge for your services or your services are at least the initial services are available for anyone who wants to come in off the street to check?
0: Them? Yes, for first-level service, we don't charge. Okay, It's one of the first questions when customers come to us, what will be the costs for doing a patent search? Mm-hmm. But we are funded for only 50% and we have to earn money for our second 50% of our, our business. And that's why we are doing also... Patent searches for industry customers, also for big industry customers, to finance our Patlip Center. I think that's the case for most of the Padlip Centers that you have a mixed funding. You have a ground funding, maybe from the state or patent office, and you have to earn money in addition, the second 50%. And this type of the second 50%, that's sometimes a competition with a patent attorneys when it comes to patent searching. We are experts for patent searching, patent attorneys attend. We are experts too for patent searching, and that's maybe one point of competition.
2: Yeah, so we are competitors
0: after all. More corporation, I would say, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, competitors, but if I understood correctly then you know the customers so it, what type of customer here are we talking about Christopher we're talking about you mentioned students then I guess you're mentioning you're talking about SMEs to a certain extent or do they come to yes you? yes
0: the, the students don't have to pay for our patent search yeah, and the scientists true. to be are part of the universities and hmm. we are doing this, this type of searches for free but for the SMEs and for the big industry customers we have to charge and this type of searches may, sometimes they are stand of the art uh, or it's it's freedom to operate as mm-hmm. That's one point where may be competition with with patent ductalis.
1: Yeah, you could also think. I mean, as an patent examiner with my patent examiner head on, uh, hat on, if I go to someone like you, Christoph, and you give me this first search, right? Then I can take those results, can't I? And go to to you, yes,
2: Jas- Jasper, and, and that helps, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, of course. Um, and and this is why I say yes and no. Of course. It's, it's known that patent attorneys also offer uh, searches. However, depending on the size of the firm, they are many times outsourced actually to external search agencies like the Swiss Patent Office, for example, offer searches. We also, of course, work together with Padlet because they're very proficient and experienced searchers. So is it really a competition? I don't think so, because in the end, we outsource quite a big portion of this field of our activity. And when it comes to FTOs, for example, like Christoph mentioned this example, in the end, the finding binding legal opinion also has to be provided by a patent attorney in the end. So there is still work to do that we can build upon if FTOs are provided by Patlib. So what I would usually do is if we have a situation where a client comes to me and says, look, I really need an FTO here. I need information what's out there on the IP market then we contact people like Christoph, like Patlib and say, look, you do the search, you deliver the results, and we evaluate and we write the final opinion. And then we both actually share the cake together, right? And again, you can view it as a competition for sure, but I think you can also view it as a very nice potential for cooperation, because we have specialists for both activities here.
1: Yeah, and that, that's what I was going to say, because he, I mean, the guess, I guess the question now is, let's say we have the audience here, the audience is, is a patent attorney or, or a yeah. Patlib center. And now they're thinking, OK, well, look, there's, there's definitely a cohesion here. How do I find out where's my local Patlib center, where's my local... Uh, or which European patent attorney or patent attorney, local patent attorney I should be going to. So for me, the the, the obvious thing for the Patlib Centre, you would go to the web webpage. There is information there on on wh- where centres are located. But for you, Jasper, that that's a change in mindset, right? You would then have to get yourself and go, okay, well, look, now I want to go and I want to find out about these Patlib centers. So would you encourage your patent attorney colleagues to do something like that, to have a look in that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because also, I mean, there's ample opportunity for patent attorneys that is offered by Patlib. One is the cooperation. I mean, my firm and Christoph, we have been cooperating for quite a while now.
1: Yeah, let's let's go
2: there. How, how did this happen? How did you two get in touch? Christoph, it's my senior partner that's kicked off the cooperation, So you have to tell a little bit about it. <laughs> I think it it started maybe 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Guys, you look a lot younger, I have to say. I haven't finished my QE. I hadn't done (laughs) my QE by then. (laughs) 30 years ago, Christoph, yeah. yeah. The law
0: firm of of Jasper is a very big law firm and he has a lot of colleagues and some of the colleagues are also working in Touringia. So we selected this firm for our cooperation for the first consultancy with the inventors. It's a free consultancy service, the Chamber of um, Patent Authorities in Germany is offering. And they have a close cooperation with the Petlib centers in Germany. And I think it's the same in other countries too. But we are not only cooperating with inventors consulting, but also for uh, trainings regarding IP, trainings for trademarks and how to protect ideas, how to file patents and so on.
1: So you provide training to your customers or to people who are interested in...
0: Yes, yes. And we have two kinds of trainings. We have trainings for free. It's, it's for students and SMEs and so on. It's um, one or twice a year. And we have a training center also for scientists and SMEs, and there we have to charge for the trainings. Okay. And Jasper is connected to both parts of the training. Oh, oh, wow, that's, yeah.
1: that's, that's a really good service. Okay, so Jasper, that's, that's then for you another source of, of getting customers in
2: that case, is it? Precisely, it's another forum that we can actually attend to to, to get to meet new people and to network which is also a big benefit for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so if I understood correctly, this initiative came from you, Christoph, and now you're saying that uh, it's promoted by the heads of, of the local groups or the Chambers of Commerce or whatever that are, that are in charge of your pad Centre. So this cooperation from the point of view, I mean, if we look at it from an economic point of view, for example, then, you know, you're getting new customers, Jasper, so it's good for you. Yeah. And then for you, Christoph, it's it's great advertisement as well that, that people know, okay, well, I don't actually have to go to a patent attorney. I can go to... Chris stuff's Padlip Centre, and that's a, maybe a more familiar and nicer environment for me to start off this journey I'm going to go on. So I guess the question I would ask now, and probably the audience are thinking the exact same thing, if it's win-win. What's what's preventing patent attorneys and, and patent centers from, from doing this? What, what do you think is preventing?
2: I think the reservations are more on the patent attorney side anyways, I would assume, not so much on the patent side. Because yeah, the, the reason in my opinion, is simple. As we said, we identified a couple of fields of activity where we simply overlap. There are certain services that we both offer. And if you have a service that is offered by you and somebody else, at the same time, you will view them as a competitor. I think, it's as simple as that. I mean, we are freelancers. Patent attorneys are freelancers. What we have to do is we have to go out there and find people that are willing to pay for our services. And if we have people like Patlib that steal away our customers and already provide the first bit of service to them, what's left for us? I think that's the very basic thought behind the idea that we are somehow competitors. But as we, I think, pointed out today, what we really can be is cooperators because Certain services. I mean, in the long run, I have to write the patent application. I have to fight it with you, Edward. I have to fight with you, whether it's novel and inventive. So there is a lot of work coming in for me. Mm. And as I said, the people come well-prepared. For me, it makes life much easier.
1: Yeah, well, what you said there makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, we discussed it already about how, for example, a patent Center can provide an initial search report. But I guess you have to look big picture, right? Because I mean, yeah. what, what do you want as a patent attorney? You you want to be able to get a patent at the end. That's your goal. You want your customer to be happy. What does Europe want? It wants people to innovate and this is the way to do it.
2: So Yes, and I want to build a long-term relationship with my clients, and that's the point. Exactly. In many ways, you could think that you are clients of each other in that respect. You, know, you,
1: you build up this relationship with, with Christoph's Patlip Center, and then he becomes your client, and the clients go to Christoph. So I think we're coming to the end of, of our discussion. And, and normally what I would do now is I would say, okay, I'm going to give now the, the main points for the audience. But I think what might be nice here is given that we have two audiences, let's say. We have the patent attorneys listening and we have the Patlip centers. Why don't you individually, I'll I invite you both, to give your wrap-up points for your respective audience. So maybe I go to you, Christoph, first. What would your wrap-up points be for Patlip centers that are listening here, your, your main points?
0: I would really strongly recommend cooperating with patent attorneys because if it comes to legal advice... You are not allowed to give legal advice, and it's a very critical point to know this type of limit. We are ends um, just information, and we are starts legal advice. If you are not very sure, then it's it's very wise to first consult with a patent attorney, and to discuss this type of front or or limit or whatsoever. And if you don't cooperate with um, patent attorneys, then you will lose a lot of customers because on the other part, the patent attorneys give you new customers too, especially from the big industry and, and from very innovative industry customers. I can only recommend strongly cooperate with patent attorneys and do not only cooperate with one law firm, but you have to avoid
1: yeah, okay. a bunch yeah. of. Uh, yeah, and this with... is strengthening that network that we that we mentioned. And and Jasper, what would your your wrap-up words or main points be for Pandit
2: I think my wrap-up is that we are complementary in the best sense because ideally we complement each other with the activities that we are offering to the IP society. And I can only encourage my colleagues to follow what Christoph just said it's a good idea to cooperate with Patlib centers. Of course, there's a little bit of work for us that might not be monetizable in the end, but is this really the only thing we are after? I mean, the services that Patlib provides to the IP world are really valuable, and I think we should do everything to support them. Because in the end, it's a win-win for both sides because the IP awareness is growing if we cooperate properly with Patlib. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that 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 really makes sense to me as well, listening yeah. to the conversation you the two of you had. I mean, clearly there are wins for both of you. And there's a big win here also for Europe in, in general, for for innovation across all the states, the states in Europe. Absolutely. What I'd like to do now is for people who are interested to find out more about Patlib, we have uh, the Patlib conference is actually on in May this year, from the 12th to the 13th of May. The first day is open to the public. So anyone who's interested in joining to find out a bit more about Pat. Clip. Go to the EBO website, and you can find out about the event and how you can register and log in for it. Of course, I want to thank our speakers, Christoph and Jasper. It's great to have this conversation with you both. Forgive me toying with the idea that you didn't like each other. I know you have a strong relationship there. I, I can see it. And I want, of course, thank the audience uh, for listening for all the work you're going to do after this. I'm sure to reach out to your Padlip centers and your and your pan attorneys. And finally, I would just like to remind everybody that the EPO publishes these kind of podcasts on a regular basis on a variety of topics. So check it out, come back to us. Okay, so once again, thank you
2: everybody. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot for the opportunity to be here. Bye.
0: Subscribe to the European Patent Office's podcast channel, Talk innovation at EPO.org, or on your favorite podcast platform. Let's talk innovation.